what is this? Um, well, it's uh, me with drink telling stories. Um, kind of what it says on the tin, really. I'm guessing not many of you are watching because this is episode number one. And, well, yeah, we'll see. So, what am I going to be doing on this? Um, and why have I started it and all that kind of stuff? Um, I've got a script here that I should be reading off, but I'm not because I'm already slightly, slightly drunk. Um, and this is pretty much the, uh, the, the way that things are going to go here. I am going to be drinking a little bit not too much and not all the time because i do value my kidneys and reading some stories um the will be i'll be exploring the realms of folk tales folklore and mythology from around the world um this is not academic in any way shape or form um it is me just getting drunk and telling stories some of these stories will be retellings from public domain stories uh, from the epitomous, what do you call it? Uh, epitomous uh, 19th century folklorists who are the ones who basically created uh, modern day folklore. One didn't say create, they amalgamated all the stories and put them down in, in, in writing rather than um, spoken word. So there'll be some of that. There'll be some of me grabbing bits of folklore and folk tales and turning them into my own stories. And there's also be some of my own actual handwritten stories that probably are really shit. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I see. I've got a comment already. Hi, Mike. Uh, yeah, this is uh, tonight's episode is going to be sponsored or well, not sponsored. Uh, infused by uh, Lefe uh, Blonde at the moment. Um, I've got a Lefe Brun as well next to it, um, and then there's more drink elsewhere, but I probably won't get through that much. So, um, this is me telling stories and being silly with it, basically. As I say, it's not academic. Um, some of the stories that I'll be reading from, like Irish and Welsh folk tales, like the Mabinogion and, and the Fane of Ireland, I will fuck the names up, um, and I... Don't apologise about that, and I'm not trying to tell anyone how to say things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what that is. Now, I'm definitely not an expert in this. Uh, there is no way that I know anything near kind of the levels that I need to know uh, to actually really do this. I'm just merely interested in them. I have a crap ton of books on them, and I just like reading them. Um, so yeah, I'm a very different kind of specialist. I'm a theoretical astrophysicist. And I don't have any research knowledge in this field. So, anyway, um, yeah, whoop, drinks, stories. I would rather be sat by a nice warm fire in a big kind of oaken chair uh, with a big kind of lap dog sat around in like the Scottish Highlands and somewhere doing this. However, I'm not. I'm sat in my flat in the city centre of Manchester. It is, however, about minus one at the moment, so it is cold, and I do have a heater on, and I am wrapped in a blanket, sat on my sofa. Um, but, well, life and times and things. So, anyway, enough of that. So, uh, tonight I have two stories that I'm going to tell. Uh, one is a short story about dreams, 
um, and kind of how they make you do weird shit. Um, and the other is about dark alleys. It's kind of a little bit more more urban horror, I suppose, than folk tales. And, um, well, sit back, listen, and try not to hate me uh, for the fact that I'm going to butcher everything here. Um, the first tale that I'm going to tell is not the one that I wanted to tell, but I didn't have enough time to actually go out there and do the research that I wanted to do and kind of create the story that I wanted to create. Maybe I'll do that on the next episode. Uh, that's gonna, that was going to be on the... What was it now? The Sheringham Mermaid. Um, so Sheringham is a small town on the North Norfolk coast, and there's a legend of a mermaid there. I was going to look into it and write some stuff and actually kind of create a, a longer story than actually exists out there for it. Um, so as I didn't actually have time to do that, what I've got here is a tale called The Swaffham Peddler. Um, the version I'm going to read to you is from The More English Fairy Tales by Joseph Jacobs, published in, 19, in 1894. This is um, in the public domain, so uh, I hope. I hope it's in the public domain. Uh, I got it from a website called www.sacred-text.com. Uh, where there is a load of um, information on, uh, like, loads, loads of free books on esoteric demonology and folklore and folktales from around the world, and I will probably be stealing a lot of it and using a lot of it. Um, so I will read the story, and I will interject random rants and things as we go along about this. Um, this is not a very long version of the story. There are versions out there where the story is a little bit longer, um, and it goes into a bit more detail, but I thought we'd start actually with a traditional story written in kind of like the traditional um, 19th century folklore style, uh, and then me just getting drunk and stupid with it. So um, I will interject with my own commentary. I am not going to discuss these and what they mean or anything like that. I'm just reading them to tell stories. So Let us begin. This is really weird doing it by myself. So actually, before we begin that, I should probably tell you a bit about who I am. So if people don't know who I am and what's go what this is, um, my name is actually David. Um, so say I'm a, a theoretical astrophysicist doing a PhD in that at the moment at Manchester. You will, some of you may recognise me, but I very much doubt it from the Darker Days Radio podcast. Um, where we, me and some other friends of mine, we talk about RPGs based in the world of darkness and like horror RPGs and stuff. I work in the Dark Hammer side um, quite a lot, doing some stuff on the, like, the Warhammer um, RPGs and how you can make them horror and things. Um, and I will be promoting them as I go through these episodes and stuff because I, this is kind of like a side project for that. And um, yeah, um, I would really recommend going and checking them out. We do some awesome stuff. Uh, Mike and Chris and Crystal and Chig, uh, James and everybody, Pete as well. Um, we have a lot of fun doing spoopy stuff. Um, so, and there may be spoopy stuff in this. In fact, my second story is spoopy, and some of you from the Darker Days Radio crew might recognise this story. Uh, I have stolen it from my own work from one of those, and I'll get into that when I get there. Anyway, I'm sidetracking. Um, which is what this entire podcast is going to be about. I am going to go sidetracking quite very regularly. 
So, right, on with the story of the, uh, the Swaffham Peddler. Eh, right. In the old days, um, so, let's start. In the old days, when London Bridge was lined with shops from one end to the other, and salmon swam under the arches. This is before the time that some yank brought it and moved over to America into the butt middle of nowhere. Um, thank you, America. Yay. Um, there lived in a, at Swaffham in Norfolk a poor peddler. He'd much ado to make his living trudging about with his pack at his back and his dog at his heels. And at, a close of the day, and at the close of the day's labour was but too glad to sit down and sleep. As I say, this is the traditional version of it. Um, so the language is a little bit weird and I will trip up because, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, was glad to sit down and sleep. Now, it fell out that one night he dreamed a dream. He fell out that one night he dreamed a dream. He fell out? What? He fell out of bed? Okay, fine enough, whatever. Uh, and therein he saw the Great Bridge of London town. Um, and it sounded in his ears that if he went there, he should, be full, he should hear joyful news. Um, so yeah, London Bridge, uh, the Great Bridge of London town. London Bridge, there was a big thing. It was covered in shops and shit. So he made little count of the dream, but on the following night it came back to him, and again on the third. Um, I say I wasn't going to make any comments about folklore and, and things, but what you'll notice in a lot of folk tales and folklore, especially in, in the British Isles, is this uh, rule of three. So here he's having the dream three times, and you'll see that in multiple things, and yeah, again, sidetracked. Uh, woo! So, uh, quick drink. Then he said within himself, I must needs try the issue of it. And so he trudged up to London town. Long was the way, and right glad was when he stood on the great bridge and saw the tall houses on the right hand and the left, and glimpses of water running and ships sailing all by. Now, if anybody knows any um, geography of England, Swatham is not exactly that close to London, so this is going to have taken him a good, good fair while. Ooh, I'm kind of going in and out on my video feed here. I'm disappearing into my background. This is amazing. Um, yeah, so those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm also, I also stream this uh, with uh, background, because why not? Um, but yeah, so he's, he's walked a really freaking long way to get from Swatham to London. It's probably about 120 mile. So, uh, all day long he paced to and fro, but he heard nothing that might yield him comfort. And again on the morrow, he stood and he gazed. He paced afresh the length of London Bridge. But now did he see, and now did he hear. Now, the third day became, being came, as he still stood and gazed, a shopkeeper hard by spoke to him. Again, we see the rule of three. Ooh, move me, move me script. Friend, said he, I wonder much at your fruitless standing. Have you no wares to sell? No, indeed, quoth the peddler. Ooh, quoth. Sounds like quaff, so we'll quaff some drink. Ooh, bit of ASMR there for you, hearing me drink. And do you not beg for arms? Not so long as I can keep myself, he said. Then what, I pray thee, dost thou want here? And what may thy business be? Well, kind sir, to tell the truth, I dreamed that if I came hither, I should hear good news. 
Right heartily did the shopkeeper laugh. <laughs> Nay, thou must be a fool to take a journey on such a silly en- ele- errand. I tell thee, poor silly country fellow, country bumpkin he is that, um, that I myself dream too o' nights, and that last night I dreamt myself to be in Swatham, a place clean unknown to me, but in Norfolk, if I mistake not, and methought I was in an orchard behind a peddler's house. Hmm, bit of foreshadowing here. And in that orchard there was a great oak. Then meseemed that if I digged, I should find beneath that tree a great treasure. But think you I'm such a fool as to take on me a long and wearisome journey, and all for a silly dream. No, my good fellow, learn wit from a wiser man than thyself. Get thee home and mind thy business. Well, hmm... He did a long journey just to have a conversation with a bloke. Well, so what did he do? Well, when the the peddler heard this, he spoke no word, but was exceedingly glad in himself, and returning home speedily, diggered underneath the great oak tree and found a prestigious great treasure. He grew exceedingly rich, but he did not forget his duty in the pride of his riches, for he built up again the church of Swatham, and when he died they put a statue of him therein, all in stone, and his pack at his back, and his dog at his heel. And there it stands to this day, witness if I lie. Now the cool thing about this is, actually if you do go to the church in Swatham, there is um, a small statue of a man with a with a back pack and his dog, um, and you can see it within the church. Um, so it's kind of it, it, it's something you see quite a lot in British folk tales and especially within Norfolk and Suffolk. So I, um, I'm from Norfolk originally. Well, yes and no. There's a I moved around a lot. I was born in Suffolk, went up to Nottingham, moved to Norfolk, went to Manchester, moved to Norfolk, moved to Japan, moved to Norfolk, moved to Manchester. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, but yeah, um, there's a lot of this kind of within the churches and the fairy tales of England that you will actually see. A lot of these things turning up in there. Um, this is a very shortened version of it, of the story. We do know um, there are other versions where we see. Um, what else do we see? We see him. He he goes to the ch- he goes to the oak tree. He digs up a pot of gold. Um, he goes home and empties the pot of gold um, onto his onto his. Um... Now let me get this right. Is this actually this story? Or is this another one? I th- it might be this story. It might be another one. I can't remember. But he em- empties the pot of gold. Um, and hides it because he thinks, oh my god, this is the devil's work. Um, and But inside the pot it reads, um, below me greater riches lie. Um, and then he goes back out the next day to, to the oak tree and digs up another pot of gold. So he digs deep and dig, big, digs up another pot of gold. But this pot of gold is too big for him to lift. So he actually goes to the priest of the church and gets the priest to help him lift it out. Um, and he shares the wealth with the church and helps rebuild the church with that wealth. Um, and he becomes quite a philanthropist, Ugh, word I can't say, in um, in Swatham. And he's quite well known. It's quite a well-known fairy tale of England. I quite like it. Um, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like dreams, they seem a little bit odd. And then you go and follow them and you kind of get despondent. And then this weird meeting happens which actually tells you, no, it's a really good dream. 
and he gets to travel around and people are those times when this is kind of meant to be set I think in about the 14th century maybe 15th century um, people wouldn't travel to London they wouldn't travel that far so he gets to go and travel and gets to go see London experiences London Bridge which is very different to what it is now um, and obviously one of them went to America um, so yeah he got to do some cool stuff um, and I said I wouldn't discuss these but apparently I am so these are just my rambling inane conversations on these things cool so that is a traditional English folk tale this one um, as I say, it's called The Swap and Peddler. This version that I've read is from More English Fairy Tales by Joseph Jacobs. And you can find it at www.sacred-text.com. It is public domain. And there are some really cool folk tales from, from kind of like East Anglia and stuff. Um, I am going to try and do things from across the world um, rather than just sit in the British Isles in Europe. As that is where I'm from. I'm going to try and avoid doing the Norse tales because everybody knows them. Um, but I will probably come quite. I will probably come back to the British Isles um, quite a lot, especially Norfolk and Suffolk, because I know quite a lot of those tales. Um, but I also, um, as you'll see in the next tale that I'm going to tell, uh, one that I've written myself, um, that I do also know a little bit about Japan, having lived there. So um, I'm going to. Have a drink, because my mouth is getting dry. This is a really small glass, considering the size of the bottle. So, um, tale number two for this first episode. Um, I can't remember what it's called in the original, in the, in the publication that it's in, but I've called it Dark Alleys. Um, urban horror in the land of the rising sun. This is something that I wrote. Uh, it can be found in The Secret Frequency Files, the second transmission, um, which is a collection of story hooks and ideas for RPGs based in the Chronicles of Darkness universe. Uh, this was written by myself and the guys from Darker Days Radio, um, and there's kind of like a small, really small companion um, for it, um, and it can be found over at Drive-Thru RPG um, for like about fiver, uh, maybe a little bit more, I can't remember. Um, but there's some really cool stuff in there some really cool stuff in there and it was really cool to actually write with it and actually get this um story in there as kind of like the opening statement to it um now this one is a lot longer so i might not go off on so much of a tangent on it um and i realize i'm at 20 minutes already i was hoping to keep this under half an hour but that's probably not going to happen so um this is something that i wrote um Leave feedback on it. If you like it, tell me. If you don't like it, tell me. If you hate it, well, tell me, and I'll probably tell you to go do one. Um, but anyway. Um, so, Faith... Oh, let me just pour another drink. Let me just top my drink up, because this is what this podcast is meant to be about. Me being... Ooh. I'm not that drunk, and I'm always spinning my drinks everywhere. Um, it's about me getting mildly tipsy and telling silly stories. Or exploring stories, shall we say. So, uh, I will begin. Faith and Marco had waited seven years for this trip. They had saved every penny they could from their meagre wages to have a trip of a lifetime. And now they were finally here, walking the streets of Tokyo, 
gazing into the bright lights of Shinjuku, astonished by the sounds of pachinko parlours and the groups of salarymen stumbling drunkly down the late night streets. They had arrived on this warm spring evening and were looking for a place to eat. Ooh, excuse me. Hey, Faith, look down there. Is that a temple? Marco points down a dark side street that seems to have a few concrete trolley gates leading into the dim gloom. Even the bright lights couldn't seem to penetrate the gloom of this street. I don't know, could be. Faith wasn't really paying much attention. She was busy staring at all the wonderful sights around and hungry after the long flight and journey from the airport to the hotel. A movement captures Marco's eyes further down the darkened street, a flash of white cloth disappearing around the Tory gate and into the darkness. I think, I think I saw someone down there, a monk. Let's go check it out. But, but I'm hungry. It'll be here later when we've eaten, or in the morning when we are less tired and not seeing things from lack of sleep. She grabs his hand and tries to drag him to a sushiya she has seen on the other side of the main street. Marco reluctantly agrees. Sorry, I'm just topping my drink up again. Uh, leave you with the spoopy, spoopiness there. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'm not very good at pouring drinks, so I now have a massive head on this drink. Um, cool, where are we? Where are we going? Uh, I've lost my place. Right, Marco reluctantly agrees. After having eaten a lot of sushi, had a few drinks, a bit like me, um, yay drinks, they both begin to feel the effects of jet lag and think it's a good idea to head back to the hotel. In the morning, the Mar- in the morning Marco asks the receptionists about the alley and if there is a temple down there. The reception looks at him, mildly confused, not knowing that the street, not knowing the street he is speaking of, and is unaware of any hidden small temples or shrines in the area. Ooh, got that on my nose. Oh, just looking at the video, it kind of loses myself in it. Woo. Uh, yeah, cool. Right. Uh, da, 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 da. I should probably pay more attention to the reading that I'm doing and less to the drinking. In the morning. Da, 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 da. After a day of exploring the sights and sounds of Tokyo, visiting Akihabara, Asakusa, Shibuya, Marco and Faith headed back to Shinjuku to look for some food. Hey, is that the street you saw last night? Faith asks Marco as she points down a dark alley with toddy gates lining it. Looks like it but I thought it was on a different street. Well, we were both very tired last night. It could be this one. Want to go look now? And yes, I do know Japan quite well, and I do know Tokyo. I did live there for seven years, um, and I will butcher everything about it. Sure, we've got loads of time, and this place doesn't seem to stop. 24-7. Marco took Faith's hand and led her down the alley. A few meters down, and the air condit. A few meters down the path, and the air cooled. I don't know what I've written here. This makes no sense. Uh, a few meters down the path, and the air cooled. Air cooled. Okay. Uh, this is obviously the unedited version. I hope that is not in secret frequency files. Uh, yeah, Marco didn't give it too much thought, as he assumed it was just the effect of the shadows of the tall buildings 
surrounding of the tall surrounding buildings keeping it cool. They think nothing of it. This is an appalling se sentence. How did I actually write this? I apologise for my lack of ability at writing and making any sense whatsoever. So, uh, let's carry on. What's that? Faith points at what appears to be a white floating object hanging near one of the toddy further down the alley. It must be one of those folded paper things that you see in the temples around here. Maybe, but I think it's the wrong shape. They moved further down the alley, and they see the entrance to a small shrine, where the white object, now floating in shri uh, the hmm. Yeah, this must be the unedited version. I do apologise about this. This is god-awful. I've missed out so many things. They moved further down the alley and see the entrance to a small shrine, where the white object is now floating inside the shrine. They look at each other, a little worried by what they're seeing. Flanking the shrine entrance were two large, orny statues, faded with age but still with a menacing look about them. I don't like this. Something it doesn't feel right about being here. Like we're trespassing or something, Faith muttered to Marco. Her words were dampened with an echo, hushed tones lost to still air. Uh, it's fine, it's just an old shrine, nothing to be scared of. Marco headed into the shrine and disappeared from view. Marco! Marco! Marco, where did you go? Faith calls him panic as she loses sight of him. His head pops out of the shrine. It's okay, come in! This is amazing in here, it's like a TARDIS. It feels much bigger, you've got to come in and see this. Faith sighs and heads in. He was right, though. The place felt too big for the small alley that it was in. Gold statues of Buddha and dragons filled the back wall. Scenic paintings of the Japanese landscape covered the walls and a large painting of an orni was depicted on the ceiling. The shrine was immaculate on the inside, as if it had just been built and painted. A stark contrast to the outside, which seemed dilapidated and run down with peeling paint. From behind, they heard a sudden loud thud as if something large had been dropped to the floor. Turning around, they saw nothing in the room, and nothing through the door either, other than the dark black alley. As they turned around and glanced around and they looked back to the entrance, the entrance was now entirely black, as if no light existed outside of the room that they were in. A slow rumble could be felt through their feet, and a heavy, warm wind was beginning to flow around the room. What? What's going on? Where did that light go? Marco asked, moving cautiously towards the entrance. I don't know. I don't like it. Be careful, Marco. Marco reaches the entrance and carefully puts his hand through. Pulls it back. His hand disappears into the blackness, but comes back fine. As he turns to tell Faith that it seems fine, he trips and falls. He screams and Faith rushes to try and grab him. She manages to catch his hand but isn't strong enough to stop the fall and falls with him into the inky blackness. They land hard, expecting to hit concrete. However, it's not concrete, but what appears to be a wooden 
a small wooded grove. The toddy gates leading away from them into the woods seem the same as those in the alley. A slow rumbling laugh comes from behind. <laughs> as they stand and turn around, they see two large oni that had been standing guard, vibrantly coloured and rippling muscles as if freshly painted. The rumbling laugh seems to be coming from them. Suddenly, one of them moves, picking up his cannibal iron club and swinging it onto his soldiers as he laughs. Hokiaksamo! He grins, bearing fangs the size of a man's fist. Faith screams. So yeah, that is a story that I wrote and apparently did not edit. Um, and is included in the Secret Frequency Files. And is kind of... Um, start of a story hook that you could use in like your games of chronicles of darkness and stuff but is also plays upon the idea of traditional japanese mythology and shintoism uh the ideas of onis being the guardians of temples uh, so onis are the japanese ogres um the big or not orange blue and red uh, sometimes green things that You'll see in the in the toddy gates, the big kind of traditional gates that you see outside temples and all around Japan. Kind of plays on the idea of that and the idea of um, the city kind of overtaking these small sacred groves. But these small sacred groves then having this access to this other world that is protected by these these beings themselves. But yeah, so... Um, that is that is me trying to read my own story and reading a really short little story about dreams and peddlers and the London Bridge. Um, this was a kind of tester um, as to whether this kind of worked and as to whether people find it interesting or not. I'm not always going to include my own stuff in this. It's just, as I say, I didn't exactly have enough time to um, prep, should I say. I had to set up um, all sorts of different social media things to get this working and spent a lot of time actually doing techie stuff rather than uh, planning stuff but yeah so there you go um i hope i didn't bore you and i hope that you didn't hate it that much if you did enjoy it then do please um let me know um i'm on twitter at the drunken store one uh so that's uh, s-t-o-r-1 I'm on Insta as Dr. Underscore Hageldaz, and my geeky stuff is uh, at Hageldaz on Instagram. Hageldaz is H-A-E-G-L-D-A-Z-D-A-G-Z. Um, this will be uploaded to YouTube um, under The Drunken Storyteller as well. I am probably going to do this every few weeks or so um, just to randomly tell stories. So I hope you... Um, enjoyed that um on the plus on the other side of that i'm also one of the hosts of dark days radio as i said before a horror rpg podcast where we talk about mostly world of darkness and chronicles of darkness games but we also talk about the warhammer rpgs on the dark hammer episodes that i do with chris and sometimes mark not mark mike sorry mike don't kill me uh, i do apologize um <laughs> Uh, go find them on all their good podcast places, Twitter and Instagram as well. And I will be uploading this at some point to podcasts somewhere. Uh, you'll find that either on my Facebook, my Instagram or my Twitter. 
page. Go give them a like, go give them a follow, and let me know how shit this was. So, um, thank you very much for those six people who actually came and listened. How do I end this? Where's my mouse pointer gone? My mouse pointer's not... I can't get into OBS. Where is it? There we go. Right. (laughs) Technology. Woo. Uh, Right. Thank you very much. Enjoy your evening. And I hope you enjoyed my background of the sake bottles in uh, Yoyogi Park in Harajuku in Tokyo. I took it myself. Right. Good night, everyone.